Christmas is just such an awesome time of the year. And I was talking to my uh, Heather's parents, my in-laws up in Oklahoma, and they had some nice snow, actually. So that was pretty cool. I don't think, I mean, I love the snow, but I don't know if I'm ready for it yet. But, you know, but I don't know. It's just, it's all good, you know. Who needs a white Christmas when you got Jesus, right? Anyway, just thinking about it, though, you know, always and always, I mean, I always think about the idea of Christmas as portrayed, you know, it's always, we always associate it with Santa, the nice guy with the big white beard and, you know, warm and cuddly and everything else, happy, jolly, but no one ever, ever talks about the chaos that comes at Christmas. It was kind of interesting because I was looking at some pictures in the mall Try going to the mall on a weekend now. You don't want to do that. Because you won't find a parking spot. Man, no one ever talks about how Christmas can be stressful too, right? No one ever talks about that part. But anyway, in the midst of it all, I challenged you last week and I challenge you again. Please don't forget to remind people about why we celebrate Christmas. Amen. Um, why we celebrate Christmas. Earlier in, uh, in the service, we, we lit our Advent candles and rep- talked about the second candle this, uh, this morning and we, t- we talked about it, how it represents peace. And in this morning, I want to talk about peace. And I've titled my message, Experience Peace. Experience Peace. And I'm talking about the peace that is beyond understanding. Inexplicable peace. You can't really understand it. You can't really fathom it. People will never understand that peace that we have. When we put our faith in the Prince of Peace. When we put our faith in that baby that was born in a manger. That grew up to die on a cross. To bring us peace. The prophet Isaiah Prophesied way before Jesus in Isaiah 9 and verse 6. He calls Jesus what? Wonderful, counselor, mighty God. The prince of peace. Everlasting father, the prince of peace. Jesus is called the prince of peace in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, when we read the birth stories. And I've been reading them every single day these past few um, Since Advent started, I've been just reading the birth narratives every single day. And in Luke chapter 2, he talks about, specifically, I want to talk about the shepherds that came. And while these shepherds were out there, first, of course, they came to the manger. But while they were out there in the fields, suddenly they were just doing their own thing. And suddenly there's an angel that shows up, correct? And the angel just talks to them. And of course, they are so scared and everything else. But... The angel talks to them about Jesus being born in Bethlehem. And then as soon as he finishes his message, he's joined by this huge choir of angels, basically. And then what do the angels sing? In 2 verse 14, he says, they start praising God and they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So you see the Old Testament calling Jesus the Prince of Peace. You see the gospels and the, and the angels here talking about the prince. I mean, Jesus being the peace. That peace will come on those on whom his favor rests. So you have the Old Testament, you have the gospels, and then you have the epistles of Paul writing. And we know this saying in Paul chapter, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, he says, Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which transcends, defies, passes, all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul saying here that the peace of God, the peace of God transcends. Another translation says surpasses understanding. 
will guard your hearts and your minds and we always use this phrase you know we need to guard our hearts and our minds and i've prayed that prayer several times especially over the kids in our church that god will guard their hearts and their minds but listen to what paul is saying right here in philippians he says it's the peace of god that guards or protects us from all the junk that's out there amen the peace of god and i'm not sure if i shared this already but in 2003 was one of the the last part of 2003 was one of the hardest one of the hardest seasons in my life it really was one of the hardest seasons before uh, and uh, in my life and i had to go before god and every time i went before god I, it was like i was fighting something i was fighting him sometime too you know and i'd pray and then come i'd go there but i'd come back just refresh anyway but i was fighting it and um, you know I, i used to say god i'm here serving you god i'm preaching your word and you know why am i going through such a hard time why am i going through such a hard time and what had happened is one of the people who were uh, two actually people who were financially supporting me now please understand in india pastors i got paid less than a dollar a day okay and so that wasn't much at all i was still i was still better off than some past, some other pastors but people who had promised to support me for whatever reason they got into some kind of trouble they supported the ministry and they quit supporting my uh, the ministry quit supporting me and i lost one of my closest friends i lost one of my closest friends and then uh, like somewhere in fall i had saved up some money that people had given me when i ministered to different churches and then someone stole that whole jar that i had of money everybody someone stole that whole jar you know and i don't know it was that and then i used to edit to make some extra income i used to edit books you know people used to write books and i used to just edit them for for i mean edit those books for them and uh, the deadline was like october the end of uh, this is probably close to november actually end of november is the deadline and this was already like there's barely two weeks left and they hadn't even given me their their uh, rough draft or such and so i was stretching i mean i was stressing out about that and the last straw was actually when uh, my boss as such just kind of just yelled at me for a mistake i never made and he tore, literally tore into me tore me up in front of all the other there were number of other pastors and other staff members and he just just got really into me and i was just god what is happening and of course he called me 2 3 weeks later into his office and apologized when he found out that someone else had made the mistake cuz i hadn't made that mistake at all and we're we're fine we've we've ministered together after that and he i understand but those 4 to 6 months in my life were really I'll, i'll be honest that was one of the hardest times in my life in 2003 the end of 2003 and i'm sitting in god's presence and I'm like god what's happening to me but then i'd go out and i'd just you know i'd still know the joy of the lord though and wasn't and here in america you got to understand the context most of my friends in india are not christian they're hindu or muslim or something else you know i grew up like there were 3000 students then there were only five christians so you grew up with non christians as such and so a lot of them and we'd hang out almost like every other day we'd go hang out or something of that sort and they'd invite me for dinner or whatever and one of these times this one uh, friend of mine and i can remember him clearly asking me how i had so much peace how am i so calm about it cuz they knew what i was going through and i remember like i said one of the things that the first thing that came out is his brother i just can't do it on my own the peace that i have comes only because i know who jesus is and who jesus is to me that's it that's it and i realized that when i went home i said yes i say that and i believe that and yes i have the sense of calm now i need to start living it out in my life more and more living it out more and more because i cannot do it on my own i cannot do it on my own and i think one of the biggest lies that the world has sold us on is that we can make it without god it's so true i mean it doesn't we just think we can make it without god and yes people make it without god but they struggle a lot when the path is so much easier when we come to christ no matter what happens to us all we need to do is come to god when we have jesus in our lives he gives us the peace in the midst of the most terrible storm that we go through 
Why would I trade that for anything else? Moments of temporary pleasure. Maybe moments for a few more extra dollars or whatever. And I always, this is the challenge. We never focus on what's ahead. We always focus on the here and now. And we sell ourselves, sell our souls in anything that we can enjoy here and now. How long is that really going to last? It never lasts. And the lie the enemy has told us or the enemy and the world has bought into is like, hey, this feeling that we've got, it's going to last forever. Nothing's going to last forever except the peace that we have in Jesus Christ. And that's what we're talking about. It's not peace that I hope, you know, again, like hope last week. It's not something that I wish that will happen. It's the confidence. Peace is knowing for sure that the anchor holds in the midst of the storm. It's that understanding, it's that knowledge, it's that firm conviction that we have. That peace will never leave me. Peace in the midst of everything else. And the truth is this, I've been talking to a lot of people. I love Christmas season because I, I think I, I talk to more people about Jesus over Christmas season. And the more I've done it, the more I realize in the last few years especially, I realize a lot of people, even though they don't go to church and don't do other stuff, there are a lot of people who are really looking for the truth. They're really looking for the truth. They may not like the church at all. They may hate the church, but they're still pursuing the truth because they're looking for something there you know because and in sense within them this restlessness it's this restlessness because the reason they're looking is because there's this restlessness within them and here church we have the answer let's not change that message first of all And let's not make it too hard for people with all the rules and the regulations and expectations to come and find the peace that is in Jesus Christ. Live your life in such a way that it won't make it hard for people. Man, if that's what Christianity is all about, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. We can't do that. Show them what real love is. Show them what real peace is. Peace. Because you find, I mean, like I said, I find myself telling people, hey, just relax a little. You know, just, you know, God is, God is good. Remind them about that. Peace comes from the Prince of Peace. And I wrote this down here and I thought about it a lot when I wrote it down. Because when I have not got peace in my life, it means at that point I'm living a very shallow relationship with Christ. And I had to think about that when I wrote that. Because when I'm not, or when I don't have that peace in my life, I need to look because then I'm living a very shallow relationship with Christ because I realize the deeper my relationship is with Christ, the deeper that sense of peace is in my heart. So if you're restless, keep seeking the truth. But the answer is found only in the peace of the Prince of Peace. Amen. The answer is. The answer or the key if I can say. The secret to having real peace is found in Christ. In Christ. That's where the beginning. It's such a big theme throughout the New Testament. In Christ. That's where the beginning of all peace is. In Christ. It's just that sense of calm, like I said, in the midst of a storm. It's found in Christ because He is the anchor. He is the anchor in the midst of the storm. I don't know about you guys and how was 2018? We're in this last month of 2018. I don't know how 2018 was for some of you guys. For some of you, it may have been a tough year, maybe financially, maybe physically. I know people lost loved ones over 2018, in 2018. So it may have been a good year, it may have been a bad year. But one thing I can tell you, 2019 will be good when your life is in Christ. In Christ, He will give us peace. No matter what's going to happen in 2019, I know I can have peace because my peace is found in Christ. 
in Christ. And this morning as we look at Romans chapter 8, just through this chapter again, there's several reasons for peace. But I'm just going to pick five or six reasons for peace in Christ this morning. Number one. Because I am in Christ, I have a peace that, is surpass, that surpasses understanding. I have this inexplicable peace because, number one, my sins are forgiven. Amen. My sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. That's why I have peace. Because God has completely. That's what gives me peace. If he only forgives half, I'm not going to have peace. He has totally wiped away my sin. That's what gives me peace. He has completely forgiven me. No guilt, no shame, no remorse, no regrets. Because God has wiped it away as far as the east is from the west. That's why I have peace. That's why I can rest. Romans 8.1, that's what it says. There is no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. No one that knows such a strong. It's like absolutely no condemnation. Don't let the church bring condemnation on you. Don't let your parents or anyone else bring condemnation on you. Because Jesus himself does not condemn you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's the key. In Christ. There is no condemnation And I am forgiven. That's why I have peace. That's why I have peace. And the truth is a lot of people lose peace because of guilt and shame. And really, they just kill and destroy the peace that you have in your heart. But you got to listen to what God's word says. You don't have to make up. People try and fix things. You know, if I do so and so, that's not a very Christian approach. That's very, many other religions teach us that if you do this, then you do some kind of penance. You know what I'm talking about? And then you'll have peace. You don't have to go do something so that you can have peace. All you have to do is come to God and come believe in Christ and experience the peace. You can't earn that peace. You just come to Christ and believe. You cannot really come, be calm or at peace in your heart if you live in regret also. There will always be things in my past life. There will always be things that I know in the future I will do that I will regret. But the truth is this. I'm not going to let that regret rob me of the peace that I have in Christ. We all, again, on this side of eternity, we will make mistakes. We will all make mistakes. But I'm not going to allow those mistakes to bring condemnation on my life. I'm going to enjoy peace that comes from Christ. Peace that comes from Christ. Christ. The truth is this, and I've, I've, I don't know, I think I've noticed this more and more now in the last couple of years. People beat themselves up so much more. I don't know why. We beat ourselves up when we do something wrong way more than anybody else. You know, we, we and I'll give you an example. When we do something, when we're struggling with guilt, when we're struggling with something, you know, struggling with guilt or shame, if two people are talking there, I automatically think they're talking about me. I think I've noticed that so much more nowadays where we always, we, because everything's on Facebook and we think everybody's going to just expose everything we've done. Please understand, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, no matter what. Don't beat yourselves down. Because ultimately it will wear you down. Don't sabotage your own life and destiny. Come to Christ. Come to Christ and experience the peace that passes all understanding. So I have peace because I know there is understand that God has completely forgiven me. And there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Again, I've used this uh, illustration several times. Does God want you to feel guilty? I say yes. Guilty long enough till you can come to him and just give him that. That's it. Otherwise you're going to live your whole life with that burden. That is that conscience that he gives within each one of us. And please don't understand. Like I'm not saying we will live perfect lives. I don't think any of us will live perfect lives. But at the same time I'm not going to let that. You know, that imperfection in my life that I experience right now to determine how I live my life. 
I'm going to live it with Christ. And I was reading a testimony. I was reading a testimony. It says, when I became a follower of Christ a few years ago, I, became, I was pretty cynical before I became a follower of Christ. It's one of the ways I pushed back against the negative feelings that were inside of me. But then somebody taught me how to follow Christ. How to pray a prayer and then trust him for a relationship. And I did that. I didn't understand all the benefits when I prayed that prayer. I didn't understand how deeply he would forgive me. But I began to learn it. And immediately there was this feeling in my life of peace that I had never known before. Church, there is no really, no way to express because you've got to experience it by for yourselves. It's the idea of being forgiven. Man, the weight that it takes off your shoulders when you know you've been forgiven, pardoned. Experience it for yourselves. I can't tell you about it. I remember, I mean, I've led many people to Christ. And especially this one man, older guy in his, in his 50s and a few years back. And as soon he is, he is, I've never seen someone. I mean, he was a strong, you know, just a hard worker. He was, you know, he used to do, like, he was like a handyman. And he'd do so, many, so much stuff. Had a lot of money. And he was like, like I said, close to 60, 50s, late 50s in his 60s. But then I led him to Christ. And that was the first time, as soon as he said that prayer, he just broke down sobbing in front of me. And I was so, I was, you know, when someone cries like that, you feel uncomfortable. And I did not know what was happening. I've always had people cry before they say the sinner's prayer. And I led him to the Lord. And then he just broke down sobbing there. And after 10, 15 minutes, and we were in his living room. And I asked him, what was that about? He says, for the first time, it hit me that I don't have a burden to carry anymore. Experience that peace, church, and it will move you when you experience that peace that comes because you realize and you understand that your sins are forgiven. Not just the ones you did, the ones that you will do too are covered by the blood of Christ. You experience peace. The second reason, the second reason I have an explicable peace in an experienced peace in Christ is because my future is secure. My future is secure. I have eternal life. That's the promise I have. Eternal life. God has given me eternal life. That's what's on the other end. That's what's on the other side of what everything that's happening right here and now. Because we all know death is not the end. It's not the end. One day we're all... My body is going to give away, I mean, give way, and I'm going to stop breathing one day. But I know it's not the end for me. And because I know that, I have peace. Because I don't fear death anymore. Again, I don't go looking for it. But I don't fear death anymore. Amen. Because I have and I know the promise of eternal life for those who are in Christ. In Christ. Honestly, church, if, if only the here and now and that's all there is, there would be a lot of reason for me to be mad and upset if this is all there is to life. There's a lot of reason because life itself, life can hurt you, people can hurt you, people are unfair. And if we look at all, everything that's happening around us right now, it can be depressing because we focus so much only on the here and now. That's why I think a lot of people are struggling right now because they look at the here and now and that's all they're focused on. Where will we find peace in the midst of so many wars that are going on? In, in, you just have to go into any kind of news channel and you see how they tear each other apart just because they have a difference in opinion. Because all they think about is the here and now. But if that's the future for us, man, that would be a bleak future. It would upset me and I would get mad too if that's all I had to look forward to. But I know what I'm going to look forward to according to God's word. And because I'm in Christ, I know I get to spend eternity with him. I know I get to spend eternity with him. And that's the hope I have. And that hope brings me peace. That hope brings me peace. 
And you may live to be a hundred years old, but again, you got to remember, eternity is, I don't know, forever. Amen. Eternity is forever. How much time do we spend investing in the here and now? And how much time do we really invest in eternity? I've challenged several of the young adults too. I've challenged them with this. How much of our time do we spend investing in the here and now? And forget to invest in eternity. When you invest in people's lives, you are investing in eternity. When you invest time at the church, in ministry, doing something for the kingdom of God and in the kingdom of God. That's what has eternal reward. We can't get caught up just looking for the next car, the next house, the next job, the next raise. We cannot keep looking for that all the time. We've got to learn how much. Think about it. It's pretty simple. If you have one field that is here and now and one field that's eternity. Okay, which one is more important? Now think which one. You know which one is more important. Now think which one are you spending more time investing your life in? You investing it in the eternal kingdom of God. Because I really, and Heather and me have had this conversation several times. I really don't care if people remember me after I'm gone. As long as I know I have made a difference in someone's life and changed their eternity, I really don't care if I get any credit at all. That's what matters to me and that's what keeps me going because I realize I can invest how much time in this and I can invest so much more in this and that has eternal value. And honestly, I don't do it just to get a crown with, that's not the motivation there. The motivation is simple. I'm not going there alone. I'm taking others with me. That love for people, wanting others to go with you, to spend eternity with God, that's what has got to motivate you. I have peace because I know my eternity is secure. I'm not going to fight and groan and complain and be anxious and worry about things in this world. Yes, they will happen, but I'm not going to let those things dominate and determine how I live my life right here and now. Because I know my future is secure. That's my real home. That's our real home, church. That's where my father, my heavenly father is. And there's no place I'd rather be than spend eternity with him. That's why I have peace. That's what the Prince of Peace is all about. Third reason I have peace in Christ. Third reason I have peace that is just beyond understanding. It has become all things work together for my good because I am in Christ Jesus. Because I am in Christ Jesus. We know the scripture in Romans 8.28. It says we know that in all things. All, not some, in all things. That's everything that happens to us in life. Good, bad, and ugly. All things. All things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. I have peace because I know God is working all things for good. Doesn't matter the mistakes I have made. God never makes a mistake. God never will make a mistake. And that's the beauty of God. That's the hope I have. That's what amazes me and blows my mind away. And that's what makes me fall in love with God so much no, more and more every day. I fall in love with Him more because I realize that He can take even my mistakes and fit them into His perfect plan for my life. The devil cannot destroy God's plan in our lives. Let me tell you this. He cannot. He can lead us away. But he cannot destroy God's purpose in our lives. When we seek him. When we are found in him. And when you understand. When you understand that all things work together for good. It will bring you a sense of peace. Church, again, it's not a promise for everybody. It's not all things work together good for all people. It works together for the good of those who are found in Christ. In Christ, again, that's the key. The truth is this. God owes us nothing for whatever reason we think God owes us something. The world thinks if there is a God, he needs to do something. 
God owes us nothing. But when I am in Christ, he has a way of taking things. Taking things that I, the mistakes I made. Taking things that the the mistakes people have made that has affected me. Taking all of that and turning it into something beautiful. That's what gives me peace. I can't be caught up with the mistakes I have made again. Because I know when I come to him, all I have to do is come to him with sincerity. And when I come to him, he will make something beautiful of my life. That's what God is all about. That's why I can relax and I can, you know, just have this sense of peace. Because I know he works all things together. Works all things together when we are in Christ. And let me say this and let me say this carefully. I wrote this down. When you realize that God takes our mistakes, even our mistakes, when you realize he can take those mistakes and fit them into his plan, the pressure is off for you to live your life trying to please a perfect parent. You know what I'm trying to say? Because sometimes we live our lives trying to please that parent who expects perfection from us. And that is so much stress. Now, I'm not saying just go ahead and do whatever you want to. You know exactly what I'm trying to say. I still try every single day to be more like him and to live like him. But at the same time, the pressure is off. The pressure is off. I don't know about you, but growing up in church, sometimes I thought, if I make one mistake, that's it. God's perfect plan is gone. Now I have to settle for plan B. I don't know where that comes into our lives. God knows the plan. God's plan is written. You think God's going to change his plan for you in the middle? He knows where you're going to be. He knows the choices you're going to make. He has already written it down way before we even breathe that first breath. So don't think you making a mistake is going to sabotage your destiny. All you have to do. You know what's going to sabotage your destiny? It's your pride and your unwillingness to come back to Christ. When you come to him, he has a way of putting it all back together. And expecting him, him to fulfill his plan and his purpose in your life. Again, don't get me wrong. It's not an excuse to do your own thing. But the focus has to be God. What does Hebrews says? He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. Not he. I can't perfect my faith. He perfects my faith. All I've got to do is come to him. And find my life in him. That's why he gives me peace. We know Jeremiah 29. What does it say? God has a plan for us, right? But it's found in Christ. It's found in Christ. That's why I have peace. Number four. The fourth reason I enjoy and I experience this peace. When everything else is crashing around me. And this is a big one I feel for me. Is because I know that God is for me. God is always on my side. He's my biggest cheerleader. God is for me. Church, if anything you, you want, I mean, you don't hear anything else, please listen to this Christmas. Listen to this. God is for you. God is for you. You're not fighting against him. He is fighting for you. He is for you. Romans 8, again, 31, it says, What can we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for us. He's on your side. He's on my side. And when I know that I and God make a majority, I don't freak out as much. I have peace because I know God is for me. Please understand that we need. I don't think we'll totally ever understand that on this side of eternity. But every day I realize when I go through my everyday life, I said, man, thank God he's on my side. Thank God he's on my side. Now I can just kick back and enjoy the ride. It's like I always picture, and I I don't know, maybe I'm silly, but I always picture, you know these tandem bicycle riders? I'm sitting at the back. God's riding. I don't even have to pedal. He's in control. He is for me. He is for me. All I've got to do is make sure I hold on and sit on that bike. He is for me. He is for me. God is for me. God is for me. Someone said, and I like this, if God likes you, you like you. What other people think really doesn't matter anymore. If God is for you, 
what everybody else thinks really does not matter. Because God is for us. And don't allow the devil to ever, you know, this fear that comes from embarrassment. Don't allow fear, the devil to use that fear of being embarrassed or being rejected. Come in. Allow God, allow God to be, like I said, that Prince of Peace. And let him realize that he is for you. Please don't have to, you don't have to, let me say this carefully. You don't have to live your life to please God. You know what I mean? We live lives that honor God. Okay, we don't have to do something to please him and say, okay, if I do this, then he'll be happy with me. He's already happy with you because you made a decision to be in Christ. You see the difference I'm trying to make. I live my life to honor him, yes. But I'm not going to live my life just to make him happy as such. If I do this right, then he'll be happy with me. To earn brownie points, that's, the, that's what I mean. You don't have to live with that. He already loves you with an everlasting love. He is for you. So know who you are in Christ. Don't let the devil rob you of the joy or the peace. Jesus, truth is this. Jesus, quit trying to please people. Jesus was this perfect person and he couldn't make everybody happy. There's no way you're going to make everybody happy. You know, you make A happy, B is going to be mad. Just as soon as you make B happy, C shows up upset with something. So quit trying. Just live your life knowing fully and to live. Yes, be at peace. The Bible encourages us with everything within us. We need to try as best as we can to live at peace with everybody. But we don't have to live our lives just trying to please someone else. We don't have to live our lives trying to please God because God is already for us and that gives me peace. Number five, the fifth reason I enjoy and experience peace no matter what I'm going through is because I serve Jehovah Jireh, my Lord that provides all my needs. I have peace because He will provide. He will meet each and every need of my... Each and every need... He has promised to provide for. He meets those needs. God has promised that. Romans 8.32 it says, Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, one God who gave us Christ also give us everything else. If he met your most important need, which is salvation, everything else, is really, what, what's the word? You know, s- small stuff. Insignificant. Totally insignificant. Why won't he do that? If he chose to meet your greatest need, he'll meet all the other needs you have. I always use this phrase again, and it's cliche. You probably heard this. God will meet all your needs, not all your greed. Uh-huh. Right? I know I've used this several times. God will meet all your needs, not all your greeds. That's not original to me. But let's focus on what's really important. And then trust God to meet those needs. Trust God to meet those needs. We know what Paul says in Philippians 4.19. My God will meet all your needs. All your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You notice every single one has that connection. The only requirement is to be In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. That's the key. I have peace because I am in Christ. And because I am in Christ, he will meet all my needs. All my needs. So I have peace. And the sixth reason. You know, just thinking about all my needs. Very often we treat, and a lot of Christians treat God like that genie that's there. You know, sorry, you have that magic lamp. How does the genie appear? You rub the lamp. Very often we come to God only when we have need, and then we rub that Bible because we got the dust out, right? <laughs> and we expect God to magically appear and meet that need. Come on, our life has to be in Christ. Amen. That's when he promises to meet our need. He's, he's gracious. Even when we mess up, he still beats our needs sometimes. But don't treat God like this magic portion that you just take and then he's supposed to come show up and give us whatever we want. God has promised to give us everything we need. He will meet all our needs. Number six, the sixth reason I have inexplicable 
peace because nothing can separate me from his love. Man, nothing can separate me from his love. He never gives up on me. That's why I have peace. And every single time I think about it, man, it moves me in my heart. I had to stop and just pray and just spend time with God. As I wrote that, I was just bawling my eyes out because I realized again that nothing I do can take me away. Nothing I do can make God stop loving me. And if that does not move your heart, there's something wrong with you. When I realized that I can do, you know, I can make the biggest mistake of my life, but God is not going to stop loving me. It blows my mind away. That's when I experienced real peace. That's when I experience real peace because God will never stop loving me even when I choose not to love him. Even when I choose to walk away, he will never stop loving me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still far away, he sent his son. How much bigger proof do you need? How much more proof do you need that he will never leave you? Nothing can separate me from his love. I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Death can't do it. Life can't. The angels can't. The demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away from me. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest depths of the ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in His Son, Jesus Christ. Man, nothing. Realize that nothing you can do will ever make God stop loving you. Nothing you do. And I, and I think about this. Whenever I think about this, I think about, I mean, you see this with kids and having Aiden especially. When you put your hand in God's hand, he's got you. Okay, he's got you. But at the same time, he's not going to hold you like to crush you. You still have the ability to wiggle your way out. You still, he will not force you to stay there in him. You still have the choice to just, you know, squirm your way out and let go. You have the choice, but his hand is still waiting for you. He will never, the simple meaning of God's love never been changing for us. Is That simple understanding is that his arm, his arm is never withdrawn. His hands are never withdrawn. His arms are still there waiting for you. You can make the choice. He's not going to force you. But nothing you do will ever separate you from his love. Nothing you do will separate you from his love. I said, we cannot earn God's love, but realized that I can never lose it either. We can never earn God's love, but we can never lose it. There will be times in your life when... You want to let go of God's hand and I know a lot of people, God, I don't want to be a Christian right now. You know, it's inconvenient. I don't want to do what the Bible says. I want to do it my way. I want to enjoy life like, you know, I want to experience life. I've had so many people tell me that. I'll come back to you later. Let me tell you, it doesn't work that way first of all, but he's always going to be there for you. He's always going to be there for you. Even when you make that deliberate choice to walk away and do your own thing, His love for you will always be the same. His love for you will always be the same. He never withdraws His hand. He stands there waiting patiently. He never gives up on us. He is waiting there like that father, waiting there, waiting, waiting for His son to come back. No matter what I do in my life, Nothing will separate me from God's love. Bow your heads with me at this time. When you realize that, when you realize that I don't have to live a perfect life, I don't have to live my life with that fear, with that pressure of leading a perfect life, that if I make one mistake, I've blown God's plan for my life. 
What a relief when you realize that's not what God is expecting from you. What he expects from you is to be in him, in a relationship with him. You enjoy peace when you realize that. That sense of relief that comes. Church, peace is just, for me, how I see it. I know I experience peace. When those burdens that I've carried for so long just fall away. It's that stress, that anxiety, that worry. Let me tell you, that's going to happen. That's just part of life. But I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to stay in that place of worry and anxiety and guilt and shame and, you know, this restlessness. I'm not going to stay there. I'm not, let go, I'm going, not going to let those things dominate me. Because I know I am in Christ. That's all he's looking for, church. That's all he's ever looked for. Is you because he loves you so much. God, it blows my mind away when I realize how much he loves me. And honestly, it's that it's just like right now that big sigh of relief when I know he's got me. I have peace in my life. I don't have to be stressed out even about the mistakes I have made. Yes, I still have to deal with the consequences. But I don't have to stress out. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to worry. I don't have the pressure of living this perfect life. If I miss something or screw something up, I'm done. I don't have to live with that pressure. Because I know He's forgiven me. Past, present and future. My only church, the only, only, only thing that's required, that's common to all these things, the only one thing that's common to them all is being in Christ. It's being in Christ. That's how you experience peace. That's how you really experience the Prince of Peace. That baby born in the manger came to give us peace. I want us to reflect on, like I said, there's so many other reasons. There really are so many other reasons that I have peace. But I want you to just reflect for a few moments, I know. Understand that there is no condemnation. God has completely forgiven me. I don't have to live with sin, guilt, or shame anymore. What a relief. Like that 50-something-year-old guy, my friend, who I led to Christ. It hit him right after. This tough guy, you know, I mean, he, I really, I mean, I used to think he could just take that nail gun and shoot a nail right through his hand and he would just laugh about it. He was that tough. He was this tough guy for me. And all of a sudden, when it finished, he said, Amen. He just burst out in tears, sobbing, because he realized for the first time, what a relief. It was to have his sins forgiven. Understand the Prince of Peace. Because he gives, he forgives. Understand peace. Experience peace because you know this life, this is not all there is. This is here, we are here just for a few years. But then we're going to spend eternity. And I'm going to spend eternity with him because I am in Christ. I'm going to spend eternity with him. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be scared of death. I don't have to be scared of anything that the world has to throw at me because I know this is not my home. My home is with my Father and I will spend eternity with Him because I am in Christ. Understand peace, experience peace, knowing that God is working all things out. There's no time for regret. There's no time to go back and just, you know, just be overcome by the mistakes I've made. Because when I know my life is in Christ, 
God in His wisdom, in His grace, and in His power takes those mistakes that I have made, takes the junk that the world has thrown at me and affected me, takes the junk that the people have given me that have torn me down. But He has a way of taking all those broken pieces and making something beautiful. Something beautiful. When people meant for harm, He takes that and makes it beautiful. That's why I experience peace. Because everything works together for our good. When we are in Christ. When we are in Christ. God is for us, church. Please don't let anybody lie to you and say God is against you. God is never going to be mad at you. We just said God loves you and He'll never stop loving you. So He cannot be mad at you. He can never be mad at us. Because He loves us. He is for us. He is for us. Who can be against us? And please, as we go into this next year, I want you to step into the year with peace in your heart that defies logic because you know God is going to meet. That's a promise. God is going to meet all your needs in 2019. And please, never forget His love. If you've experienced His love, I pray that it wasn't just an emotional moment where the music was right and everybody else was, you know. I just pray that you will really, really experience the love of Christ and then realize that nothing can separate us from that love. Nothing can separate us from that love. God never gives up on us. I just know God will never give up on me and God knows I've made, I've blown it so many times. But He never gives up on us. He will never give up on us. Experience that peace.